Welcome to Showboys, a podcast that delves into the world of film and TV. Hosts Nick, Mike, and Chad take their water cooler talk from the office to the web as they discuss their favorite movies, shows, and all other content in between. In this week's episode, Chad and Mike catch each other up on what they've been playing recently. So, what's playing? Welcome to Showboys. Uh, it's Thursday night, so we got a podcast for you guys. Uh, my name's Mike. I'm here with the one and only Chad Wick the uh, Third. We got rid of Nick. Um, he's gone. So, yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Uh, Ugly Kid Joe Cross is here. What's up? Let's go. Um, Biosips here too. He says woot. Um, I say welcome and thank you for being here with us, guys. Uh, we have a fun episode tonight, one that we haven't done in quite some time. Actually, when I was doing the Answer the Boys uh, this morning, I looked. We haven't had a regular old What's Playing episode since episode 89, and wow. we're on 114. Wow. <laughs> it has been 25 episodes since we've done this. That's way too long. Uh, yeah, that is an incredible amount of time. Um so we're going to be catching each other up on what we've been playing lately. Uh, before we get into it, though, just want to say thank you to our top tier patrons, Tim B, Nice Fache, and Joe C. You guys are awesome. All of our other patrons, you guys rock too. Thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, if you're interested, if you want to learn more about Patreon or what we have to offer uh, or how it all works, you can check out patreon.com slash showboyspodcast. Uh, it's just a way that you can sign up to donate to Showboys uh, monthly. And each tier, uh, there's four different tiers with different price points. They all come with their own perks and rewards and benefits. So go check it out, Showboy or patreon.com slash Showboys podcast. Um, before we get into the news, we got some news. Um, but before we do, I feel really bad because uh, as you saw flash up on the screen, last week we talked about Rings of Power with Nick and and uh, Dad the Captain and uh, a friend of mine, Francesca. Uh, we, we dove into Rings of Power, compared it to the House of the Dragon, um, but I forgot to read our Answer the Boys reply, so I'm going to go ahead and do that right now. So, Joe, I'm so sorry I forgot. This is for you, my friend. Uh, he says, my wife and I really enjoyed watching this together, Rings of Power. I really liked the twists in the story and the depths of the characters. I thought that the scenery was so beautiful, it almost seemed like every rock slash tree was handcrafted in some scenes. I refuse to compare this with House of the Dragon because they are two separate things, honestly. Uh, yeah. Thank you. I agree with most of that. Um, but like, like we got into at the end of the episode... The similarities between House of the Dragon and Rings of Power a lot. There's a lot more than you might think. Uh, but yeah, thank you. And I, I apologize. Please forgive me for forgetting to read your response. Um, 
Yeah, man. How you doing, Shad? I'm doing great, man. I am doing fantastic. Glad to be here. I got crazy hair. I got the anime hair going on. Need a nice. haircut. So bandana's back. New bandana. New color bandana. Blue. There we go. In the blue. Nice. Blue's my favorite color, so I approve. Yeah. How are you? Doing well. Uh, actually, that's a lie. I'm not doing well. I'm actually quite <laughs> triggered, and we'll get into it uh, here shortly. Uh, <laughs> but... um. Yeah, I just want to say also, uh, you can't see him, but Dad the Cap is here. He's behind the scenes. Lurking in the shadows. Uh, he, he's, he's you know, producing for us behind the scenes. He's uh, throwing up the comments and all the images and the banners and everything you see on the screen. Uh, so thank you so much for being with us tonight, Dad. Uh, he actually had a procedure done on his clicking hand. Oh, no. So <laughs> the fact that he's even here and able to click, he sent me a picture of his hand. And it looks like, I don't know, I mean, like, basically his index and middle finger look like corn dogs like i don't know <laughs> how he's operating this mouse right now but uh thank you sir for being here it's much appreciated uh but yeah we got some news why don't you <laughs> stunning bandana says joe i agree uh but yeah uh you you have an interesting news article i saw the uh the image that that dad put together here for us and i'm excited to learn more about this so yeah why don't you start us off, man? Yeah, I am too. So uh, BioWare came out uh, earlier this week and finally started talking a little bit about the Mass Effect game they announced back in 2020, I think, December 2020. And uh, we just got like a short little teaser. And this is the image from said teaser right here, which looks to be one of the mass relays from the first trilogy of games. I don't know. I don't think that I ever got too far in mass effect andromeda to know if there were mass relays i assume it's like a big part of the world um but that this this hints at a couple things i'm not going to talk about what it hints at because i know that mike has not completed two and three yet and it would pretty much spoil the ending of three if i talked about it but it's super exciting because they have been silent for like two years on, on this new Mass Effect game. So it's cool that we finally got a little snippet here of, uh, you know, it's at least still coming. And I do have a quote, which is from Mike Gamble, the project director on the next Mass Effect game. He says, quote, in nearly 15 years since the release of the first Mass Effect, the biggest reason we still love working on it is the warmth, dedication, and passion for this community. There are some of you who have been with us through everything. We've grown together. Not going to say that because it's a spoiler. We've laughed our faces <laughs> off and we tried together. And those who are coming to us new, like Mike, Mass Effect, thanks, Legendary Edition. Welcome. I promise that many years of fun adventures and characters you'll fall in love with are still ahead, end quote. So, yeah, it's exciting, man. I can't wait for this game because primarily I hated Mass Effect Andromeda for the most part. And I'm hoping that they got the message because I think it's pretty uh, pretty substantially hated by most of the fan base. Uh, so I'm hoping that... And it looks like they are getting that because I, I believe this is one of the characters from the original trilogy talking in this trailer. So mm. good signs all around. Uh, still no release date or anything, or even release window. So who knows how far this game is? But at you, Eclipse. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you, uh, yeah, you have plenty of time to uh, yes to crank Man, out two and three. I've been like feeling the itch to get back into um, 
so andromeda is like the the fourth entry i didn't know if it was like just like a side thing how some series have you know those in-betweens or prequels or spin-offs uh, but that, yeah that is after three and counts as four technically yeah well I mean, it's kind of in between. I, I, I do believe that it takes place after after the third game, but it is entirely new cast, entirely new galaxy, obviously Andromeda. So uh, I think it's more of a spinoff. I don't know. It's just a soulless slog of a game. And it sucks because there are. I think the graphics are phenomenal on some of the planets that you go to. And the, there's just not the deep story and choices that you had. Um, in the original trilogy. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. It sucks because like some of the gameplay improvements were kind of fun. Mm -hmm. Uh, Graphics obviously were a huge step up from the original trilogy, but this looks like hopefully they're going to go back to that story with those characters. And the, the final game is kind of notorious for having three different endings. So I'll be curious to see which ending they take if they Mm. continue on that story. (laughs) Sim says Andromeda is like the woman Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah, that's a great way to that's a great way to put it. Really, yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, that's it's really amazing. true, and it sucks, uh, man, because there's so many cool things in that game. It just doesn't. It just uh, like I like Nick and I said before. It's just soulless. Like there's just mm-hmm. not a lot going on to to keep you entertained outside of how how it looks and plays yeah and it'll be exciting to see what they can do with today's technology with a mass effect game right um which should get anyone excited i mean because the possibilities are endless what's up amy thank you for being here with us um hey dad can you try to talk okay never mind my theory my theory has been debunked uh, but yeah, I'm excited about this, and I, I don't know what it's been lately uh, that that's made me want to get back in to Mass Effect. Uh, I, I've played and beat one in the Legendary Edition, so I still have two and three to go. Um, but I think yeah, it's yeah. just like I heard, uh, maybe it's Andor, really, uh, just because that is a is a cool. I love that show. It's yeah. the best Star Wars series I've seen so far. Uh, but the the theme, the intro to Andor is very like synth wavy. And yeah, it yeah, doesn't yeah. exactly sound like the menu music uh, for Mass Effect, but it's got that same vibe. And I'm just like, oh, I miss that menu music so yeah. much. It was so good. And yeah, like, you oh, need I to. I kind of want to get back into that game now. Yeah, yeah, you need to because <clears throat> like here, I, I really like the first game. Uh, but two and three are just substantially better mm-hmm. in, in almost every fashion. And I think a lot of people hated three. I, I loved three. I don't know if it was because I got to it freaking 10 years later or whatever, but um, I know it was like a hot, hot topic when it first came out the way that they ended it. But I, yeah, two and three dude is like bounds above uh, the first game. So you'll love it yeah. if you like the first one. That's awesome. Yeah. My, my backlog is massive and it makes me sad. Yeah. There's so many things that I want to play. Yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah thank you for that that's exciting um i i came with a obviously video game related uh news story for you guys uh it kind of relates to one of the games uh in a roundabout way that i'm going to talk about tonight but uh it's something that i thought was kind of interesting so uh we got an article from gameRant.com, um basically saying the alan wake remaster was a failure um 
yeah, basically what what came out of this article is uh, the Alan Wake remastered game along with Crossfire X, which was another project that Remedy was working on. Uh, this was the quote, they did not generate royalties, which as a business, probably not a great sign. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but this document that they pulled that quote from also uh, says that Alan Wake 2 and Codename Condor are uh, the studio's main external development expenses still. And uh, they Remedy has confirmed that their five projects, including those two, um, are in no danger of being canceled or put off because of the failure of at least like revenue wise failure. I don't think like the game itself. Yeah. I thought the game was fine. Yeah. I thought the game was fine. It didn't make the money they were hoping it would make. You you have to assume that that was maybe not the plan to go with. I think it was maybe to drum up interest for the sequel that they were clearly working on and they announced later. Uh, But yeah, I thought it was, I, I, I don't know that I ever finished it. The remaster, I beat the original, but when I played the remaster, I don't think I ever finished it. I need to get back to it because I thought it was good. Like, yeah, it's not Resident Evil Two style remaster. It's it's you know it's not a remake. So mm-hmm. go into it with the expectations that it's just looks prettier and you'll right. be happy. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the uh, the other three projects that are lumped in with that five project uh, workload there is, are the Max Payne one and two remakes. Uh, this codename Condor game, which is a control spinoff that it has some sort of like co-op yeah, thing, yeah. Which we know how you feel about anything yeah. multiplayer. Uh, a project called Vanguard, and of course, Alan Wake Two. Uh, Vanguard is going to be a free-to-play shooter, and it's in a proof of concept stage, so it's still like way early on. Uh, but Despite all this, the studio's revenue still grew like 6.8%. So it's not like all bad. Uh, So if you're a fan of Remedy or really looking forward to the Max Payne remakes, um, Alan Wake 2 or more control stuff, like I don't think there's anything really to worry about after seeing this. Um, But still sad to see that they didn't quite make the money that they were looking for from this remaster. Uh, Cause I know a lot of people sounded excited when it, when it was released. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because I think this was the first time that it released uh, across platforms as well. I think it was an Xbox exclusive originally. So it is odd that, that it didn't make the money. Um, but yeah. it, I mean, it's understandable. It's an old game. It doesn't play really that great by today's standards either. So mm-hmm. I think the game itself is probably the issue, not the remaster. You know what I mean? I think they yeah. just maybe didn't focus on the right stuff in the remaster. Yeah. But... And uh funny story, which I've probably told on here before, but uh, I bought Alan Wake on Steam for like four bucks. And then a month later, the remaster was announced and released. Yeah. <laughs> and I was very sad. It happens to you a lot, doesn't it? It happened to you with Mass Effect too, right? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, Thankfully, Mass Effect, I, I had Game Pass at the time, so I was playing it through Game Pass. And then the Legendary Edition came out, and I bought it for, like, I found a deal half off, so I paid 30 bucks for it. Oh, nice, yeah. And then, like, two weeks later, it came on Game Pass. Oh, yeah. that yeah. And yeah, then yeah. I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, still, I, dude, 10 bucks a game, like, that's a freaking steal for those yeah, games. Yeah, those yeah. are long games, too. They're not and now I don't, I don't have Game Pass, so... I still have my Mass Effect, though. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you hate to see, you definitely do hate to see it. 
Uh, you really do. Um, which, by the way, Dad, we should look into uploading um, our, our sound alerts from Twitch into StreamYard because that would have been a great time for you hate to see it. Uh, but yeah, so that, that wraps up the news here. Um, I like doing news at the beginning. I think yeah. this is a good good decision to do. Um, yeah. yeah, so we're going to move on to uh, what we've been playing. And I, I'll start first. Um, I say, like, we'll each do a game, and then we'll squeeze in some Answer the Boys replies so I don't forget. Because yeah. apparently if I save it for the end, I always forget. You always it, forget so. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's not do that. But I'll go first, mainly because... Uh, one of the games that I just beat and was streaming over on Showboy's Twitch uh, was Control. And if you've been listening to Showboy's for any period of time, you might be like, wait a second, didn't you guys do a spoiler cast episode <laughs> on Control yeah. a long time ago? And you would be totally correct. We did. Uh but I didn't beat the game before we did that episode, which we talked about on there. It was a real bad job out of me. And after uh, watching, I, I believe I was watching you stream Ghostwire Tokyo. There is a, I, we talked about this like a couple weeks ago. There's a certain part you're going through a building, looked very control-like. And I was like, oh, wow, that makes me want to play control. Because you even said while you're streaming, like, this reminds me of control. <clears throat> and so I did. I decided to stream it because I have like some weird OCD like personality trait where uh, if I start to stream a game, like I must beat it. Like I can't have an incomplete series on right. Twitch or YouTube. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, all right, if I stream it, then I will beat it. I'll play it all the way through. Uh, but also I made uh, a pact with myself that every document audio file or video that I came across and picked up, I would read or listen to or watch. And I went out of my way to make sure that I found everything I can. I don't know if I found a hundred percent of the pickups, but yeah, there's a lot. did my best to search every room that I went through. And I read, <laughs> watched and listened to every single one on stream. And uh, not only that, but, when I tried to play through it for the podcast episode, I just focused on the main story to try to get it, you know, through it for the episode. Yeah, exactly. Redacted. <laughs> See, he gets it. He was there. Um, <clears throat> not only did I skip all the cool side missions, I didn't even beat the game. So I did a complete disservice to Control and to you. Uh, not so much Nick, because he also didn't beat it, but to you. Yeah. So this is my formal <laughs> apology to Chad and Control. Uh, sorry. Uh, but I think I did it justice here on the stream, because I, I went through every nook and cranny I could and really played everything I, I could for this game. And it was so much fun. Yeah, man. Like, the gameplay loop is really cool. Uh, Dad and I were joking around, like, the only thing that we kind of dislike is Jesse's run. Like, yeah, run yeah, yeah. Totally sucks. Like, it yeah. looks terrible. I agree. Um, but besides that, like, the combat is really cool. The We talked about on the spoiler cast, even though we didn't beat it, one thing that we loved was the sound design. Oh, so good, uh, yeah. It's so good. And um, the the way that 
the area's transition with the cool title cards that just pop up on the screen with that like you know like thudding percussion sound it's just oh it works so good uh the story was fascinating and in engaging and it really drew me in and like you said chad this game really shines in all the side content yes yeah the side missions the side bosses like the the refrigerator thing was hilarious and like the boss fight was crazy and like um the the anchor boss fight when you're in the going through the 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 sectioned off corridor of all the clocks that was like a, a hard challenging fight but um man yeah it's just like the fact that i discovered the the documents in game that link control with alan wake yeah and they talk about the events that happen in alan wake connecting these two war- games into the same universe so cool the fact that the federal bureau of control is basically the video game version of the scp foundation which we've talked about before and also we talked about that uh kind of in depth when wendigoon was on the first time um so if you want to know more you can obviously google scp foundation or you can go back to our first wendigoon episode and listen um but like yeah, basically the the bureau is the containment uh, authority of all these like paranatural, weird, odd things in our world, and it's just the backstories that they came up with for all of these items and events and people were just like very in depth and super entertaining. Uh, I thought the threshold kid videos and the videos could be um analog horror videos just their own outside of this game you could just throw that on youtube and it would be an an engaging and interact or entertaining series to watch yeah um the blend they had in the cutscenes and videos between like real footage and like game like uh cgi like game graphic footage was really cool and unique um yeah i just man i love this game like i fell in love with it and it was so good and i think like it's been a week or two so the actual details of the story which i remember being very confusing on the spoiler cast like made total sense to me yeah i read it I yeah. was like, oh, I I actually understand the story. Right. But to explain it right now, like, I think I would probably mess some things up because it's been like a week and a half or so. Yeah. But, man, I was very happy that I played through this game. Yeah, I'm glad you finally did too, man, <clears throat> because it, yeah, you, you, you did, I'll, I'll admit, you did do it a disservice by, by rushing through it. And I didn't want you guys to do that. Like, I would have preferred you just, you know, take your time with it like you did this time and read everything because really a hundred percent of the game is is made better by all the background stuff some of the side quests are better than anything in the main story Mm -hmm. and the world that they build with all the documents is is just so you can find yourself in there reading for hours and i'm sure you did i'm sure if you look at just your reading it's probably hours (laughs) worth of reading stuff so yeah 
Um, so Siv says, wow, to Chad, when I convinced you to play it the first time, you hurt me, brother. Uh, actually, yeah, the first time uh, I watched Siv stream it, and that's what kind of got me interested the first time. And I don't know if that's how the, the idea for the spoiler cast came up or not. Um, but yeah, Siv, Siv showed me control, and then uh, the rest is history. Uh, he also says, don't forget, Quantum Break is in the same universe, too. Ooh. Yeah, I actually, uh, I tried to play that. I got it on PC, and I really need to get back to it. And it, it it's really, every time I play Control, because I've played it like three or four times now, I want to play that game, because I've played Control, obviously, a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I probably played a couple hours of it, but I think it runs really good on Steam Deck, and I think that might be a cool Do place it. to play it. So, yeah, it's another we'll game see. I watch Civ stream. Yeah, it's it's and fun. He, like he skipped all of the amazing cutscenes, oh, and no. I was like, "Siv." <laughs> um, but with all of that glowing praise that I've heaped upon Control, I am infuriated by Remedy. <laughs> okay, why? And I'll tell you why. This is one of the reasons why I'm not in a good mood tonight. <laughs> okay. I bought the Ultimate Edition somewhere on sale and have it on Steam. Apparently, not all Ultimate Editions are actually Ultimate Editions that include all the DLC and stuff. Uh, I have a version that is the Control Ultimate Edition that does not include the DLC for the game. And I spent time on google doing research and i'm not the only person that this has happened to interesting uh what what also is infuriating so like i think there was a i don't know if it was like a bug in the steam store or what but somehow the standard edition got renamed to the ultimate edition so they had like two versions of the ultimate edition one was actually the standard game and one was actually the one that included all the extra stuff. Yeah. And I but think I know why. Because what? the PS5 version that came out I think was called the Ultimate Edition. So when that mm. came out there was probably there was probably the original Ultimate Edition which was like the gold version of the game yeah. that came with everything and then the actual Ultimate Edition that came out on the PS5 and was probably re-released on Steam as well for whatever yeah. reason. Interesting. That sucks. <laughs> the other thing that sucks is the DLC is not available to purchase on Steam. Wow. Remedy or Epic or 505, one of those three, uh, made the decision to not allow the DLC to be sold on Steam. So you can only get the DLC through the Epic game launcher oh no and guess what you don't own the game my game is on steam wow why just to push the epic just to push epic i literally have no idea dude that's wild i read that you might be able to find versions of key codes on like humblebundle.com or something on sale for steam sometimes I thought I did that on a site I use called cdkeys.com. Like I emailed their support and I was like, hey, these versions you have on here, like would they work on Steam? I was told, yeah, yeah, of course. So I bought them. Luckily, it was like $7 total for both. 
they didn't work and I requested a refund. I'm not sure. I'll keep you guys updated on the status <laughs> of the actual refund, but uh oh man, PC gaming, bro. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I've I don't want to I don't want to tarnish the legacy of cdkeys.com. Um the legacy. Uh I've used them before and had issues and they've been fine with you know fixing the fixing issue. them, yeah. So, um but yeah, so that's that's one reason I finished the game and I was like, oh, yeah, the ultimate edition. Then I was like, why are none of the like, how do I start these? Like, I don't see any options that, like no quests or missions came up in game. Like, I don't see any options in the menus to like start these or turn yeah, them on. Or in whatever. The, yeah. In the the base game, it's just a mission that pops up in the game. It's yeah. not, you don't have to activate or you don't have to go into a different menu to go into and it when you're on the the main menu of the game, the tiles for visit, you know, buy the packs or whatever, Just click on those, go to steam. It's like, Oh, this is no longer available. And oh man. Like, it's wild. Uh, it's wild. So I was really looking forward to playing the DLC and, you know, continuing to stream that. Uh, but I can't, so can't, I'm yeah. furious. Well, not yeah. really furious, but more just really sad. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think the DLCs are okay. Uh, I, I didn't necessarily like the foundation uh, DLC. I think it's called mm-hmm. uh, the fir- whatever the first one is, yeah, and uh, it's it's primarily because it takes place in not the oldest house. It's like the the canyons underneath it, or like the uh, tunnels yeah, underneath the, it. So it just doesn't feel right. Quarry. Yeah. yeah. So it takes place all in there. But the second one, the Alan Wake one, is actually really good. I need to finish. I don't think I ever finished it. But it's got one of the most horrifying enemies, uh, maybe in any game, and it's from it's from Alan Wake. So, uh, yeah, it's just cool, and it's got that old house feel to yeah. it. You know what I mean? It's another section that was kind of blocked off. I think that's the beauty about Control too. Is like, it's its world is so fascinating, and it all takes place in a building. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you're just maneuvering around a building. Granted, yeah. it's like some crazy like yeah really crazy par- like supernatural yeah. building that changes and teleports you to different realms and stuff but like really if you think about it it's just one one big level yeah and i i, I i'm kind of bummed because i i do want to hopefully see someday a, a sequel to that game mm-hmm. you know the oldest house and the, the sequel is the newest house or something a different <laughs> building to go through or whatever but um, I, I can't hate it too much because everything that they're working on outside of the control multiplayer spinoff, I really, really good want. Stuff. Yeah, I really want. So I can't hate it too much. It's going to be year if we do get a sequel to Control ever, it'll be freaking years from now, probably. Yeah. But so. it'll be cool to see if like Alan Wake Two makes any references to the bureau, yeah, or anything, yeah, you know, because they, sure they made yeah. that connection. So like, let's continue it. That would be cool, right? Uh, but yeah, so that that was the first one for me. Uh, why don't you go ahead? Yeah, I'm. Uh, since friend. we're talking about control and the game that made you want to play control is Ghostwire Tokyo, that's the game that I'm going to talk about first. And this is the game that when we were texting earlier. I said that I don't know if I'm really into this game anymore. Mm-hmm. This is the game, unfortunately. Um, I don't know, man. I, it 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 has glimmers of of brilliance to it, but it's just all 
almost too repetitive. And if you watch the stream of it, there's just a lot of doing the same shit over and over and over and over and over with your finger guns. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that's the, the biggest drawback for me is the gameplay just doesn't feel as fun as I was hoping that it would feel. It It is fitting into my little kick right now, which is like an anime kick. And it's very anime. I, I mean, the game through and through, everything about it, it's very anime. It takes place in Tokyo, obviously. Um, but it does have some horrifying moments. They're just so few and far between. And those horrifying moments are kind of uh, so spread so thinly, and everything in between them is just kind of blah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's just doing the same, like, go cleanse the Tory gate, go cleanse the Tory gate. How do I get on top of this building to cleanse another Tory gate? And it might be the way that I'm playing it. Also, I haven't really been focusing on the the main objective. And mm-hmm. when I when I did the stream, I talked about how much I hate games that have any kind of fog of war over the map. So it's usually my first thing to do. Like Spider Man has fog of war. The first thing I do is to go to all the towers in Spider Man to fully unlock the map. I can't stand that. Uh, so that's what what I was primarily focusing on this. I did do quite a few story missions, but I think I just need to get back to it and maybe just focus on the story and crank it out because I don't want to leave it unfinished. I don't think it deserves to be left unfinished. It's just it's just like a it, it's like a six for me mm. right now. Like it's like not terrible. It's just not very good. And uh, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the the world that they built was really, really cool. It's just, they forgot to do everything else. In the game. <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> like the world's cool. Yeah. And in the combat, the ideas that the combat is trying to do are cool. It's just not executed. Very, very good. It just doesn't feel good to play. Yeah. You know, um, I will say having watched you, uh, having watched you stream a few times, uh, the world is very, eerie like yeah and creepy and those like tuxedoed faceless slender man yeah yeah uh i mean it's it's hard for a game to like actually scare me but those are very creepy looking yeah <laughs> and i'm like yeah. oh, i would not like to see one of those like back here in the dark abyss, right like while i'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm streaming here <laughs> yeah yeah i would agree with you i think the enemy a lot of the enemies are are horrifying there was a the last stream there was like that like pumpkin head looking ghost thing that thing was freaking horrifying mm-hmm. uh, the, the the enemy designs are cool it's just i ended up actually in the stream turning the difficulty down and not because the game was difficult by any stretch of the imagination that the enemies are just absurdly bullet sponges like it's insane how many times you have to shoot these damn things to to get them down so i bumped it down to easy to to remedy that and i think the game feels a lot better because of it like i don't need to shoot this thing freaking 25 times to Mm, to get it down now you know needlessly tanky is annoying right yeah it's so annoying and uh you know, in the in the story missions that I did do, there's there's a lot of cool stuff like the hospital, the first mission, the hot going through the the hospital. I love any horror stuff that has to do with the hospital. So, uh, you know, Halloween two is like such a cool movie because it takes place in a hospital. I don't know. There's something horrifying about hospitals to me. Mm, yeah. um, so that was cool. And the the subway mission down in the Tokyo subway was really cool. It's got a lot of cool ideas, but I, I really wish that I could turn KK's voice off. He's always talking to me in like the most 
backhanded asshole yeah. way possible you know <laughs> yeah yeah it's like so annoying every every it's literally like every 30 seconds dude he's saying something to me it's like excessive <laughs> yeah. yeah uh i'll say um your comment about hospitals being creepy i think uh what makes the environment of ghostwire uh so good at, at giving those creepy vibes or a game like The Last of Us feeling like very unsettling um, is places that are not meant to be vacant being yeah. vacant. Right. And like this came up uh, like around Halloween. I, I took, I was like going to shut, like lock our front door and shut our porch light off and looked outside and it was like super foggy. So I took a picture and posted it in Discord. And I was like, oh, my gosh, do, what, am, do I live in Silent Hill now or something? Um, and then it started a conversation with, like, uh, Siv then posted a picture uh, because the next morning it was still super foggy and, and he lives kind of out in the country. I don't, like, live in the city or anything, but I live in a neighborhood or not out in the country. Um, and he posted a picture of it being super foggy and he's like, man, I wish I would have took this when I first got up when it was still dark out because it looked real creepy. And then we were, like, talking about, like, which is more like scary, like uh, a super foggy countryside um, or a super foggy, like empty looking neighborhood or, or town or something. Uh, for me, it's always going to be like the, the town or the yeah, city, I agree. The, the built, the hospital or the school or like even a, a mall or a grocery store, something that is supposed to have people in it when it's uh unnecessarily empty yeah <laughs> yeah it's like why something right. clearly is not right right now so this yeah. automatically raises red flags and then you just throw like a thick layer of fog over everything yeah right um, yeah <laughs> yeah 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 I, I i definitely would agree with you and i think that's what uh the last of us certainly does so well is showing you those locations that should be populated that aren't populated yeah and man and just not only is the last, we don't have to get into this because this could take up the entire rest of our podcast, but like, not only does the, the world of the last of us unsettle you, but it's also like beautiful. Yeah. Because yeah. it's not just like empty. It's like nature has retaken it. So there's, like, over, yeah. there's a layer of beauty to that, like creepiness. And then especially when you get later on and like the zoo animals are out roaming around, they're just like, oh my God, this is so cool. And then I, yeah. then you cry when the draft comes. With the drafts, like, those <laughs> damn drafts, dude. <laughs> those damn drafts. Um, yeah. yeah, I think we should, I mean, dude, we talk about The Last of Us so much on here. We should really do a spoiler cast and I'm really itching to play the remaster of it. So, mm -hmm. um, or remake is their uh, coining it. So, yeah. We, we haven't done a spoiler cast in a while. so We haven't. Control might be the only one we've ever did. What, right? We did Uncharted Oh, Uncharted 4, 4. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Which yeah. was fun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so let's let's talk about and answer the boy's reply here. And we'll go with Biosiv. Uh, he said, oh, good. Or, well, first off, of course, I asked what you guys have been playing. Um, he says, oh, goodness. I've been jumping around a lot. Recently, I've been playing Scorn, Metal Gear Solid five oh dude pain, so excited yeah so manhunt need for speed heat cyberpunk sifu he's back uh xcom 2 uh, but now that my computer is functioning it's all valheim baby oh 
Resident Evil 5 with Mikey Clark and the Gangster Fun Band. Um, yeah, uh, those are all, that's a lot of games. That's a hell of a lot of games, bro. I got three games I'm going through, but I think it's the three games that I'm going through is the reason I have three games I'm going through. Mm, yeah. But dude, I'm so excited. And I, I feel so bad because I was watching him stream Metal Gear the other day. And I asked him if it was his first time playing it. And then I got distracted and didn't hear his answer. So I got back <laughs> in and asked him again, like, hey, sorry, I got distracted. Didn't hear your answer. If you answered me, is this your first time playing it? Fucking got distracted <laughs> again and didn't hear what he said. So I have no idea if he's played this game before. Hey, Siv, so. <laughs> have you played, have you played Metal Yeah, Gear answer before? me now while I'm attentive. <laughs> uh, yes. Um, yeah, that's, that's a lot. Like, I... I also, sorry, I've been, I have a thing. Yeah, I got to talk that? about it. Okay. This is a hoodie string, okay. the drawstring and the hoodie. <laughs> okay. Uh, I recently ripped this out because they annoy me and any hooded shirt that I can take the drawstring out of, I do just because they always, well, like I have three small kids and uh, they're always pulling a on one year old who yeah. always rips on it. So it's like one will be like this long and then yeah. the other side's like this long <laughs> yeah. and then i'm just like screw it i'm not fixing this for like the 15th time today and i just rip it out yeah uh, but i forgot to throw it away so it's on my desk so i'm a fidgety person so i always play with something while i'm talking uh but my wife thinks it's weird that i take the drawstrings out i think it's a little odd yeah i i, I would agree with your wife on you that use, um, do you ever pull your hood tight no, never, but I think it completes the look of the hoodie, to be honest with you. Now, let me preface this by saying that none of the hoodies that I own, you can take the drawstring out. They're all stitched in, so that yeah, might that would, be part of it. That'd be difficult. Yeah, that might be part of it. I do have some older ones that I think the drawstring just came out at some point, and I was like not about trying to put it back in. So, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, be, I don't go out of my way to take them. Yeah, um, well... Let us know. Do you take? Do you remove the drawstrings from your hoodies? I'm dying to know. Uh, yeah. So I don't. I don't know how one can play so many games interchangeably. Yeah, yeah I can't, dude. I, I like you're you're decently good at that, though. Like you're you're usually playing a couple different games uh, I, around the same time. I usually have a stream game and then a game I'm playing off stream, and it's either like. Uh, my off-stream games, I'll I might have two, one on PC and one on the Switch. Yeah, and yeah. that's it. But um, yeah, that's a lot. Uh, yeah, I had talked to I had talked to Bio about Cyberpunk because I'm thinking that Cyberpunk is going to be the next game I play after uh, the final game I talk about today. Uh, because it just seems like it's a good time to jump in. And I really was really excited for that game, but it just crashed and burned when it came out. Obviously it was a train wreck, but it looks like a, now there's like an anime that just came out about it. It seems like a good time to, to jump into cyberpunk. Siv says, lol. Yes, Chad. First time playing phantom pain. Dude, I'm so excited. There you, you go. Such we got the game. answer. Such a good game. Um, yeah. Uh, I've heard, from uh, a few different people that cyberpunk is actually pretty sweet. Yeah. And Apparently I haven't, dude, I haven't played all the stuff. Yeah. That's what I hear. And it looks like, you know, that the, the PS five versions out now stuff is fixed. They actually, there's like a 10 hour trial on PlayStation. So I can even try it before I end up buying it. 10 um, hours. And, that's a, uh, that's like yeah. the size of a, of <laughs> yeah, some games. Yeah. 
Right. Uh, it might be five hours, actually. I don't know. It's a it's a trial of some sort. Most of them, I think, are 10 hours, though. But uh, I haven't played a shooter in forever. So mm-hmm. it'd be cool to, to not my favorite genre by any stretch of the imagination. But it's just a cool world, cool looking game. And I want to play it. Like, I don't know. You know. Yeah, I'd be interested to hear Siv's thoughts on Scorn. Um, I know he was streaming Manhunt there for a while and XCOM I think he streamed a couple times but kept like having issues with his computer like he said in his comment uh, crashing and stuff but uh, he has it appears he has fixed his computer situation and all day the last two days in in discord just under his name I just see in tiny text playing Valheim (laughs) Yeah, I yeah, I literally saw, I all day. Just, yeah, I think I saw him <laughs> streaming it. Uh, yeah, today, right. It's it's one of those games, man, where like once the needle pierces the skin, you're doomed. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and you got to fight and claw your way out. <laughs> and once you do, like you'll be good. And then one little thing will happen, and you'll find yourself back in the world of Valheim, and then the cycle repeats itself. Uh, Joe says, Siv is so amazing. His answer is exactly what he has been playing. So discreetly obvious. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, also like Siv said, um, that's another thing I'm playing currently. I have two games I'm streaming right now, which is crazy. Uh, but this one is Resident Evil 5, uh, a co-stream with Siv. And it's only uh, like a Sunday nights when when we can. Um, and it's been really fun. We're like halfway through chapter four, I think. So we're getting there on the, to the back end of the game. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm one of the rare people that loved Resident Evil five, even when it came out and it's still really fun today. And I think it's because both times I never played it solo. I always, I played the entire thing with a friend. Um, and it's a lot of fun like that. Plus it's always fun to spam B or O and just annoy your your co-op partner out with come on come on shiva uh pretty sure biosiv has wanted to throw his computer yeah. out his window a few times on, on stream but that's okay <laughs> uh but yeah so next i will talk about uh the other game that is current <laughs> siv says you just like punching boulders that's right i do um <laughs> The other game that has triggered me to no end, specifically today, even more specifically right before we started the podcast, uh, is a game called I Am Setsuna. Oh, trigger you. Interesting. Okay. And I'll I'll tell you. We'll get there. I'll tell you. Uh, But first off, I want to say this game, me getting this game uh, was totally because of a joke. So we're playing. We have a Dungeons and Dragons campaign that we stream every oh yeah weeks, and what's her face's name so. is sets it yeah 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 so peace love ames who's hanging out in chat right now uh her character in dungeons and dragons is named setsuna and about once a week maybe once every other week i'll i'll peruse this uh amazing website called decudeals.com which is uh a sale tracking website that i use to find great deals on nintendo switch games uh, basically, it's just a price tracker tells you when they're on sale um, and how long they're on sale for or whatever. Uh, so I'll go on there and I'm gaming on a budget these days. So 
I'll hardly buy a game if it's over $10. Never full price, uh, just because, you know, I got three kids and a house and all that stuff. Uh, so buying $70 games, like every two weeks, not really an option. But um, <clears throat> I was like, oh, look at this game. It's called I Am Setsuna. Isn't that funny? And then, like, Chad was like, that's an RPG Tokyo game. And I was like, I don't know if that means anything because I don't know anything about RPGs. But then I like looked at the screenshots and the description and some of the reviews. Like it scored pretty good on Metacritic. I think it's like near 80, which yeah. is pretty good. Upper 70s, I think. Uh, so I was like, hey, what the heck? It's on sale. I'm not paying full price for it. I got a gift card that I won from an amazing streamer named Ugly Kid Joe Cross. I'll, I'll get this game. And then I was like, haha, check it out, Amy. I'm playing a game called I Am Setsuna. Um, but I actually ended up liking it. It's kind of a pretty cool game. And it has a, a really cool story. So this is a 2016 RPG from Tokyo RPG Factory. And the story is uh, as follows. Set in a snowbound world plagued by monsters, Endir becomes the guardian of Setsuna a young woman journeying to the last lands as a sacrifice for pacifying the monsters. Um, even further, you learn, uh, this is like in the first like 20 minutes of the game, so it's not a spoiler, uh, unless you don't want to know anything about any of the game. Uh, cover your ears, I guess. But <laughs> you play as Endir, the main character, who is a masked assassin who is tasked with traveling to this small village to assassinate a young girl who ends up being Setsuna. And you learn right away that she is the this sacrifice who's about to set off on her pilgrimage to the Last Lands to sacrifice her life in order to protect the world from the monsters that are getting all riled up lately. Um, and instead of assassinating her, you end up not. And then you're like, I guess I'll help you. You're going to die anyways, right? So... <laughs> I, I don't have to be the one that kills you. I can at least walk you to your own death and yeah. then get the credit. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so that's like the, the main, you know, gist of the story. I won't go into too many details in case anyone wants to play it, because I think what carries this game is the story and not so much the gameplay, but I could be wrong because this is not like a, a typical genre that I would like go out of my way to play. Um, with that being said, it's like a throwback to the the '90s RPG style game. It's it's turn based, but not like a rigid turn based. I don't know how to describe this because the first time I've I've played a game like this, where each character has a, an attack meter that fills up, and you can only attack once your meter is filled up. But meters fill up at different paces, so speed is you know, different between characters and like you can attack sometimes, sometimes twice before the enemy attacks or vice versa, or you can like wait to attack with one character until another character's gauge is full. So it's still turn-based, but like, I don't, I don't even know what you would call that. Do you, what, do you know what that's actually called? Active turn battle. There you go. There you go. That makes sense. Cause the bars are referenced as ATB gauges. Look at that. Look at that. I'm a giant noob. So <laughs> uh, the gameplay is okay. The combat is 
okay. I feel like um, it's not very intuitive for somebody like me who's kind of new to this genre of gaming. Uh, so uh, I am bombarded with hundreds of items from looting things that serve no purpose other than to sell that make these things called sprite mites, which are things basically that give your characters active and passive abilities. Um, but the passive ability, there's just like so much that like, I don't even pay attention to half of it. <laughs> and it's still like blown through the game. Yeah. Not knowing anything other than like this weapon upgrades these stats and I can get the, these sprite mites that give me these, you know, passive or active abilities or whatever. Um, <clears throat> but there's like fluxes. And if you're, if another gauge fills up and you push X in the middle of your attack, then it gives a boost and then it can have all these side effect boosts that aren't really like super fully explained and detailed or in detail in like an intuitive way. Uh, so like whatever, learn them if you want, but also don't because you can blow through this game super easily <laughs> without knowing anything other than the bare minimum. Yeah. Which is what I know. But I will say the music, I don't want to say like banging or slapping because it's like uh, melancholy and like kind of peaceful, like very piano heavy, but like very good. Like I yeah. would listen to the soundtrack in the background, uh, maybe to like chill and relax too. But um, it's still like music's awesome. Graphically is is pretty cool. You can kind of see in the background, like that's just kind of what it looks like. I wouldn't say it's groundbreaking, but it's kind of almost chibi like, but not fully. Um, but yeah. I, the, the story is where this shines. And if you can get past some of the like ch childish dialogue, like the, the concepts there are engaging enough to keep you sucked in. Uh, and, and it explores some deep themes with some weight to it. Obviously you're escorting a young girl to go to sacrifice her, her yeah. life. Yeah. And she's like excited about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so that in it in itself is pretty crazy. Um, but yeah, just things like Satsuna's willingness and desire to be the sacrifice is interesting. And seeing that like play out is cool. Uh, there's another character called Nidir. Um, and he has like this struggle and, and realization that guilt from his past is like, eat, like eating him away and seeing him deal with that, there's a really cool playable part of the game where he does that, and it was it was really cool to see. Um, there's an, a character called uh, Kerr, whose race has like a very, very, very short lifespan unless they like drain their magic energy, and he has like a cool like. Um, realization on that whole aspect of of his character um i won't say anything else because without spoiling anything but yeah the the characters are cool uh of course it's a, a party-based game so you like recruit characters along the way and they're all they all play a little different um so finding the right combination is fun 
Um, but what triggered me, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've blown... Well, first off, the way that you you turn it, your resources that you loot into the sprite mites for abilities and stuff isn't like super clearly shown. Like it's told okay. to you, but it's not like intuitive in the menus to like figure yeah. it out. Because like if you go to the obtain sprite mite menu, you can go to one and then like click on it and sell the ingredients to make it. Or you can just go to the sell option at that vendor, sell everything in your bag, then go back to the Sprite Might menu and they're all available to buy or to obtain. Huh. So okay. I'm like, I'm I'm afraid to sell anything in my inventory. This literally took me until I was like two thirds of the way through the game to realize. So I'm running, <laughs> I've ran two thirds of the game with like the bare minimum, like base moves that every character has. Oh wow. And I'm still annihilating everything. So it's like really not hard. It is not hard. Yeah. But we'll get to that. So like I finally figure out the sprite might stuff. How to actually get rid of my loot to like make these abilities and figure out how to get them for all the characters and all that stuff. And uh now like the combat is fast and fun because the power fantasy has been met right and i'm just like one-shotting every encounter yeah it, but it's yeah. very satisfying because like are there difficulty settings maybe i don't know yeah. i if there okay. was i just put it on normal like i don't ever okay. really change it <clears throat> um but i i wasn't dying before it would just take a few rotations to kill everything because i wasn't right. powerful yeah. um but now i'm just like using these moves they look cool and they're just annihilating everything and my character's leveling up real fast because i'm getting through the combat real fast and then i get to like one boss and it takes me 45 minutes to kill this boss like seven encounters because like i was telling dad the difficulty spike is like you're walking on the sidewalk and then you get to like the empire state building and then you look up, and then like the boss fight is on the top of the Empire State Building. And you're like, "What? <laughs> How did we get to this point?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's um, a JRPG, bro. There's always yeah. a skill check in in these games. It's it was so uh, rattling because I was just like, "Where did this come from?" So on top of that, like the save system is is garbage and old school to where like there's only a very few save points scattered across the the game but then i also realized that like you can't save from the menu inside towns but like the old final fantasy games you have you can walk on the overworld and then go into a town and then it's like you're in the town and don't look like a giant walking across the map gotcha um okay. but if you're a giant walking across the overworld you can go into the menu and save which again took me like two-thirds of the way through the game probably just because <laughs> i'm an idiot but like <laughs> This the stuff isn't like very clearly not, right defined, yeah. Um, which it just might be a genre thing that I'm not used to. Anyways, so that what made that first huge massive difficulty spike even more unbearable was I would have to like replay everything from the last save point to get back to the boss. Oh yeah, before I like, realized yeah. I can save like right save outside right of the encounter. Yeah. <laughs> so I finally yeah. beat it, and I'm trying like real hard today to like get through the and beat the game before the podcast tonight 
because I only had like two chapters left. I'm like, I can do that. It's not that it's not that bad. Um, I didn't do it, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm stuck on the boss for the second to last chapter. So I'm not even at like, the final boss of the game. Uh, and I fought him for 45 minutes, maybe even close to an hour before the podcast, like right before, like leading right up to 10 minutes before the podcast started tonight. Again, another one where it's just like, I blow all the way through the dungeon getting to this guy. Easy as cake. Get to this guy, and he's literally like impossible. And I've I've tried <laughs> uh, so many different party combinations, and like three or four of the like ten times I've fought him, I've got him down to like a couple hundred health, and like just like two more attacks from two characters would win, and he just wipes me, and I like. <laughs> takes everything i can not to throw my switch across the room yeah (laughs) yeah. (laughs) um but yeah i don't know i'm obviously going to beat it because i want to see the story right there yeah but um man yeah triggered yeah that's uh that's cool i i I really wanted to play this game when when this game came out square enix was kind of in like a weird phase where they didn't want to make turn based like what what built them as a company what built square and enix as companies and uh tokyo rpg factory is literally made i i think they were literally made to kind of make games that were that kind of golden era 90s jrpg vibe going on and this was the first one mm-hmm. and it did really well it sold really well and it like i, I I remember reading articles that like Square Enix was like blown away that it did so well, even though their entire fan base had been asking for freaking decade for them to do games like this again. And they're like, <laughs> oh, we didn't know you guys wanted what? this kind of stuff. Like, what? That's but, uh, yeah, I definitely I definitely do want to check this game out. Um, I'm, it's probably going to be a while till I ever play another JRPG just because I played like three or four in a row at this point. Mm-hmm. I need something action or there was something totally different but i do want to get to this eventually it looks really cool i thought the uh does it have random encounters in it or can you see the enemies you can see the enemies okay that's that's one of my biggest gripes with the 90s rpgs are the random encounters yeah i, I can't stand that and i i get that it's it's there so that you it it paces the game well so you're leveling up properly but it's just annoying, you know. I don't know how how else to say it. Yeah. Um, and it's probably just because I'm not used. Like it's been, you know, twenty, thirty something years since I played games that were like that. So, by if one comes out now, it just like annoys the crap out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could see that. Um, I I would say overall I like it. Yeah. I'm just like frustrated because the insane difficulty spikes like out of nowhere <laughs> right um and yeah anyways that was my next one so uh i'll hand it over to you sir yeah so uh the next game even though i've talked about this game several times on the podcast so far uh is persona 3 and this uh this has been a freaking long time coming for me and i'm talking like 10 years of trying to play this game and uh the reason I bought a Steam Deck was for this game, uh, because you can run emulators pretty smoothly on the Steam Deck, and I needed, I needed to play this game on a handheld. And 
I think Persona 3 came out in 2006, and then there was a re-release, which is called Fez, and that's the one that I played on the Steam Deck. But there was a portable version of the game that came out on the PSP. But it changes so much of the core of the game that I just could not get into it. So instead of like... 3d environments that you can explore it's all static screens like visual novel style stuff Mm. and that's like a huge thing for me in this game like persona 4 is the first uh persona 4 golden for the vita was the first persona game that i played and that was like a crucial part that and the anime cutscenes, and that's those are the two things that are cut out of portable and then fez never released past the ps2 and playing fez now is kind of difficult because you can't control your party which in a jrpg is can be very freaking frustrating if the ai is not on point right and that was one of the draws for portable was that that was one of the changes they took some stuff out and then they allowed you to control your party but i made the decision that i was like you know what i want to play fez because there's just so much more that i'm drawn to in fez versus portable so I literally bought a Steam Deck. I pre-ordered a Steam Deck to play this one <laughs> game, bro. And uh, uh, I, I, th- I can't remember what I was playing at the time, but it just fizzled right the hell out when I got the Steam Deck because it's literally, like I said, 10 years of building up to playing this game. And Persona 4 is what turned me into an anime fan. It's what got me into JRPGs uh, in the modern times. And I had a buddy that I worked with that was super into Persona 3. He's like, Persona 3 is way better. You should play Persona 3. So it was always there, and I just couldn't play it, you know? I couldn't get a way mm-hmm. to play it. And I I finally had downloaded the emulator. I actually installed an HD overhaul mod for the game. So it literally effectively remodeled, re, remade the game, remastered the game for me. <laughs> and uh, I think I put like 80, 89 hours into Fez. And uh, I like it. I like it a lot. I think the story is much cooler. <laughs> that would have been tragic if you're like, yeah, I'm just not really feeling it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's About a little 90 bit of that. hours. Yeah, you know, uh... <laughs> there is a little bit of that there. But I think the draw to it is that the, you know, Persona 4 does have a, a dark story, but it's told in a more childish way. Like you're obviously investigating at grisly murders in Persona 4, mm-hmm. um, but it's told in a more lighthearted anime way whereas persona 3 is really freaking dark and deals with like cults and all kinds of really (laughs) dark stuff but i think that the the problem with persona 3 for me is that the way that the game is set up is very different from 4 where 4 tells you its story primarily through the whole game like you're always getting story uh stuff here and there Mm -hmm. Persona 3 only tells major story beats around full moon, so at the end of the month that that you're playing. And the way that all the Persona games play up is, is you're a high school student, you're doing an entire year uh, through most of these games. There's a couple that are shorter of a year, but you go day to day and do your stuff. So at the end of the month in Persona 3, that's when you get the story stuff. But that can feel like a really long freaking time in between story beats in an 89 yeah. hour RPG, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that on top of Tartarus, which is the main area that you're fighting in, in the game, which is a giant tower that you're investigating as part of uh, the seas team, which is a group of high school students that have persona abilities and are trying to figure out what the hell is going on uh, with the dark hour, which is an hour after midnight. Okay. Just stick with me. It's very Japanese, very anime. <laughs> just stick with it. 
<laughs> so it's it's really cool because it almost has like a midnight club feel to it. Yeah, you know, where it's like a group of group of kids coming together at midnight to to figure out what's going on. But Tartarus itself is like two hundred and something levels, and that's all you're fighting in through the entire game. And I think that by by the end, by the time you get to like floor two hundred, you're basically seeing the same shit over and over. Like the colors on the levels change every like 10, 20 levels, but it just feels so fucking repetitive by the end, dude. It's yeah. just like you're doing the same stuff. It's different enemies, different party members. So there's a lot to mix it up. But that being said, I, I, I yeah, I mean, I loved it, dude. I, I, I was super excited to play this game, and I think it lived up to to my hype. I think that you can definitely tell that this was the the game that came before Persona Four because there's a lot of quality of life stuff in Persona Four that's not in this. Uh, especially with the persona fusion stuff that they had going on, which is how you, uh, you know, combine different personas to make stronger personas. But uh, yeah, it's cool, man. I, I, I liked it. I, I, you know, really couldn't put it down to be honest with you. I, it nice. was just a, a long time coming and I'm glad that I played it. Unfortunately now I, I there's rumors that they're remaking this game with persona fives <laughs> uh, graphics, which kind of sucks, but I, I think I'll, I'll, I like that better now that I played the original and then I can play like the the remake or whatever's going mm-hmm. on. If, if it's even happening, they've been talking about that for years. So, and it was actually my pitch for, for game remasters on one oh, of our episodes. I, I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, so go on. Joe, Joe says, Oh no, I'm excited to hear about some FPS. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. How are those FPS there? Yeah. Yeah. Place? It ran at 60 FPS, which is absurd <laughs> for a fucking PS2 game. But, um, <laughs> Yeah, it, I don't know, dude. I, I got to be honest. There are there are moments in Persona 3 with that HD overhaul where it looks significantly better than the remake or remaster from Atlas on Persona 4. So, mm. um, yeah, super impressive. I you know I thought it was the perfect way to play it, and I'd play it all over again if I could, and I probably so, will. At some so point. you did beat it. Did beat it, yeah. Nice. And it's funny that you're bringing up the the <laughs> battle that took you. And I think you were saying it was taking you 45 minutes because you were dying. Mm-hmm. Okay, I had well, a fight. and like okay, that was probably like 45 minutes between like four attempts. So it was just like one of those, like you were saying, bullet sponge. Like that right. boss, like had a million HP. Yeah, and then I would waste 10, 15 minutes. Good night, love you. Um. I would waste like 15 minutes fighting it and then die. Have to start over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's uh in every persona game, there's an, an enemy. Well, every one that I've played, I haven't played the first two, three persona games. Um, there's, there's like uh, two games that are persona two. I don't know if they're like re-releases or what, but in three, four and five, there is an enemy called the Reaper. And the Reaper is basically a, a level 99 enemy that haunts you through majority of the game and if you stay like uh it's different in every game um i think persona 4 you could find them like in a treasure chest just randomly and you can run away from the enemy that you have no chance of beating them until you're way way leveled up in persona 3 if you hang around on one of the levels of tartarus for too long he will show up Uh oh and he's got like this super haunting he's so he looks like a reaper and he's got chains over him. So you can hear the chains coming. So it's like this super haunting uh, feeling that you get. Um, but in persona three it, it beating, I beat him 
and it literally took me an hour and a half of not dying straight fighting straight fighting straight fighting so it's the longest turn-based battle i've ever fought in my life holy crap Um, but man what a high to be on when you finally get them down because it's like such a freaking battle and uh it's in uh I, I I think I beat it in Persona Four as well, but I have not in five yet. Uh so it's just a cool enemy that's like there's a couple characters that, that are in majority of the these newer persona games. The one that kind of gives you the ability to use personas, uh his name is Igor. He's in three, four, and five. Uh so yeah, it's uh yeah, dude, I really I think I'm just going to stream 5 because you I think Do you would it. love I think you would love this especially 5. Maybe not 3 and 4 because they're PS2 era games and they have their mm-hmm. their quirks to them, but I think that 3 and 4 are far more charming than 5 is. Like it's got that charming PS2 era feel, yeah. you know. I probably I mean, you haven't led me astray, so I'm sure I would love them. I have a bad taste in my mouth for persona because of man i wish nick was here because uh it's because of a guy we used to work with yeah (laughs) who was like way too into it like he went and (laughs) he went to a hatsune miku concert in new york which is not a real person and is was a hologram uh of j-pop right and uh like he would just talk about how he couldn't like he just wished that he was like a high school teenager Japanese, in Japan. Yeah. And like, <laughs> like Ray, dude, I know you're like joking, but also like I'm not sure if you're joking. Yeah, I need to and, meet this guy, dude, because yeah. he's dude, yeah, actually yeah. you probably love him because he's hilarious. He's yeah. like really funny. Yeah. Um, but he was way too obsessed with persona. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean the the Japanese high school thing is a is a distinctly anime thing. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of animes that have main characters that are high school students. Um and I know that it sounds like it would be extremely boring to play as a high school student in a video game, but the way that they do it, it's I, I assure you that it will probably become your favorite part of of the game. Yeah. And uh there's just there there's just a lot it's it's not like you're sitting in class listening to a lecture every day you know what i mean it's not Mm -hmm. it doesn't make the school stuff boring uh and it's it's a a big part of it and a lot of the a lot of the draw to the persona games are all the side stories that are told as well there's multiple different especially in persona 3 where it was the first iteration of this uh they're called social links so you have the ability to hang out with different people in the world and they're mm-hmm. all different like side stories and some of them are awful and some of them are really, really maybe even better than the main story of, of the game that you're playing. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, if you watch me play five, like five is ridiculously insanely cool, dude. <laughs> like you would love it. I get almost guarantee and you're going to love the music. Everything about five is really cool. Nice. Uh, I have put both of those four and five on my wish list on Deku deals. So moment they go on sale on switch uh i will try to scoop one up uh and i do like uh there's this really awesome uh band on amanaguchi um who did the soundtrack for scott pilgrim versus the world the game uh so i get down to some like j-pop stuff yeah y'all dude it's uh it's funny because it's it's so odd especially in three and four 
it's literally the same music all 100 hours but by the end of uh, by the end of that game it doesn't get boring or you don't get sick of listening to it it's so odd dude it's so odd it's just that yeah it's that japanese pop music that you just don't get sick of listening to it's so bizarre yeah Yeah. uh so let's hit up and answer the boys here Um, this one's from peace love ames who i don't know if she's still hanging out in chat but she has been uh throughout the episode here but Uh, She says, I've been playing the 2018 God of War and trying to dodge the minefield of spoilers for the new one. I'm really excited to see how the combat system evolved and see how they progress that story, since it sounds like it should be finishing the arc with Ragnarok. Oh, and also The Sims 4, because why handle my own responsibilities when I can just make a tiny graphical human and take care of hers? Uh, Also, Bayonetta 3, waiting in the wings. Uh, I will say that... I'm I'm very glad that you're playing Civ's favorite game uh, in the 2018 God of War. <laughs> uh, I watched him stream that a little bit, and I was like, man, I really want to play this game. But the whole time, he was like, man, I really don't want to play this game. <laughs> it's so bizarre, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Which odd. was really weird, because uh, it looks amazing. Uh, but it's just not not his, not up his alley, not his style. I, did, I can respect that. Um, but uh, yeah, the, I mean, obviously, 2018 remake looks great. Um, and I'll just talk about this now because I had it on my list. Um, not not as something I'm actively playing, but maybe something I want to get into down the road. Um, I watched, I, I stumbled upon one of the most fascinating YouTube channels like two weeks ago. And it's this guy named Gingy. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. It's what it looks like, Gingy. Yeah. Um, his link is in our episode description because you guys, you need to experience this YouTube channel. If you like video games and appreciate the narrative aspect of video games, like we do here, you will fall in love with this YouTube. Absolutely. Like this guy is so good. His videos. Amazing. Every video of his that I've watched, I've immediately had like the burning passion to like play this game, whatever game, game he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, one of those, I watched a, a video, or I shouldn't say I watched the entire thing. I watched like half of it um, because it got up to the 2018 God of War. And I was like, no, nah, I really want to play that. I don't want to spoil that one. I don't mind the other ones being spoiled, but I don't want to spoil this one. Uh, with that being said, I watched a video of his on the God of War series. He breaks down the entire story, starting at the beginning of God of War 1, goes through 2, 3, the spinoffs in between on, on PSP and Vita. Um, and then, you know, 2018 and then leading up to Ragnarok. Um, after watching that, I'm like, all right, I got this, this cool new PlayStation two emulator on the PC, you know, Chad helped me set it up after our, our last video game related episode where I talked about Lord of the Rings, yeah, the two towers and um, return of the King. I got this emulator. Cause I was like, I really want to play those really bad right now. Uh, so I might go through later on down the road and and play through the God of War series, um, just because it's one of the series I had skipped when yeah. it was out. Because I was like, yeah, it doesn't really seem that interesting. Um, but after watching Gigi's video, I'm like, wow, this is super interesting. Yeah. I must yeah. experience this for yeah. myself. <laughs> uh, so I'm glad, Amy, that you're streaming it, and maybe I will someday live vicariously through your stream. And your Sims 4 stream is hilarious, by the way. She's just out here being a home wrecker, like trying to get this 
this dude who's married to be her girlfriend or boyfriend <laughs> or whatever. Um, if you're not following Peace Love Ames on YouTube or Twitch, you should because she's a great streamer and hilarious. Uh, but that's what she says. That's literally what she said. Um, and on that note, I'm going to go to my next game, which uh, this one is the one on my list when we were texting earlier where I said, uh, oh, I have one of those games that I'm I'm not feeling that much anymore, similar to you. Uh, and this one is called Under Hero. Um, and as you can tell by the image behind us, it is so vibrant and colorful and i love it yeah like uh visually this game looks awesome uh it's a, it's a cool like retro side scroller type game uh 2018 2d side scrolling rpg platformer to be exact from paper castle games uh and the story for this one goes as follows it tells the story of a world in which the chosen hero has failed and an underling of the main villain takes his place as the new hero, hence the name Under Hero. Um, it's actually quite funny what happens here. Again, this happens within like first five minutes of the game, so I'm not spoiling anything. Um, but the way the hero dies, it's like completely an accident. Like something happens to where like a chandelier falls and it kills the hero and the 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 underlings that are encountering him except for you like you somehow were far enough away that you didn't get like killed by this and so everyone in the 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 main boss's like hideout is like oh my gosh you killed the hero you're amazing and you like you get promoted by the, by the final boss and it's okay <laughs> it's like it's like a funny game but some of the humor is like stupid like falls flat a little bit but yeah there are some like pretty funny parts and just the concept of the game in itself is kind of funny. Like you, you survived the hero being killed and now you're like applauded as being the one who took him down and uh, have all this uh, recognition and stuff, which is funny. Uh, the music in this game, again, great. This one is actually slapping and it's kind of cool. Be the way the combat works, uh, you get like, um, basically crits if you attack on beat with the music so it's almost like a rhythm game too which is, is oh, interesting. interesting okay um but with that being said i played this sorry i have the hiccups i'm fighting off the hiccups um i started playing this when i went on vacation uh back in september and um when i got back i forget what game took its place but i haven't really picked it up since um I was enjoying it while I was playing it, but it clearly didn't catch my attention enough to continue on. I'll yeah. revisit it sometime because it's not like a long game. Um, and it, again, it's one of those like, I'm not a big platformer guy, but I, I will say one thing I've I've um, <clears throat> enjoyed about my recent gaming life is I'm diving into all these genres that like I've never been interested in before. Right. And games like this, yeah, they might not catch on. They kind of fall flat. But a game that I'll talk about in a few minutes. Or you only have one more game left? I have one, yeah. Okay, so I'll just talk about it now since I have two more games left. <clears throat> uh, well, I have a couple. Uh, but I recently borrowed Ori and the Blind Forest from the library. Yeah. Which is another platformer. Um, 
this it came out in 2015. It's a platform adventure Metroidvania from uh, Moon Studios. And uh, again, platformers, not really my thing. Metroidvania has never really caught my attention. But this game is awesome. Like, I love this game. And I was sad that I had to return it. Luckily, this is uh, this is one of those games that goes on sale very, very oh, frequently. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I plan on picking this and its sequel, The Will of the Wisps, up. Uh, when they go on sale again. But uh, this game you play is Ori, who is led by Sien. I don't know how to say that name. Uh, but uh, you're tasked with recovering the light of the three main elements supporting the balance of Nibel, which is um, your world, um, which has been withered by a cataclysmic event. And these elements being waters, winds, and warmth. And, it's uh it's like a, a very touching story uh and the way they present the story to you it's they're, they're not really cut scenes they're kind of like playable cut scenes but really you're just like walking through them uh but they won't progress if you don't walk far enough like if you stop walking then the narrator will not move on in the story uh, or whatever gotcha. uh but the narration is awesome the the art and visuals of this game are these ones are breathtaking. Like it is another one of those games that really uses the contrast between dark colors and dark spaces with bright and vibrant colors. So things that need to pop really pop and are really colorful. And apparently like I have the attention span of like a gnat or something, but like bright, <laughs> if you want to like suck me in, just give me something with a lot of bright colors and right. I love it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, but like visually it's really cool. The, the gameplay, the platforming is really, really fun. Um, you're, you're like, as you're leveling up and gaining new abilities and stuff, um, it all feels fun and natural and the power creep or i don't know what the power fantasy as you're like playing it like it just feels really good and satisfying uh but while the gameplay is like excellent and fun again the story is what makes this game shine and i didn't i didn't get like maybe i got close to halfway through but like it's just a good like very touching story and um the guy that i'm recording the chosen companion series with james uh from the nerdy bible this is like one of his favorite games like i when i had it from the library i was like oh hey i'm playing this he's like dude i absolutely love that game it's so great i play it a ton like you need to finish it it's amazing oh, the story is is so good um <clears throat> so have you, uh, I'm sure you've probably heard of this, but have you played it before? No, I have not played it before. I, I, I definitely have heard of it. I've wanted to play it for a really long time, um, but I just never got around to it. I actually really love Metroidvanias, so it's odd that I haven't played this game. Um, but yeah, you talking about it is making me want to play it more than I did before, and I already w really wanted to. And I didn't know it was on the Switch, to be honest with you. It is, yeah. Um, I think... I think this one released initially on the Switch, or was it the other way where it released on Xbox and ported to the Switch? Um, I don't remember, but it's it definitely released on Xbox first, yeah. 
Is that what you're um, asking? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Dad says, our, our amazing producer, he says, five bucks on Steam right now. Oh, nice. Um, be a good Steam Deck game. Dude, no kidding. It would be perfect. Like, yeah. it plays amazing on Switch. Let's check it out. Let's verify here. Uh, yeah, definitive edition, even five bucks. Yeah, that's a steal. Um, and the the sequel is still like thirty. Metacritic eighty eight. I would say it reviewed pretty well, overwhelmingly yeah. positive out right. of forty one thousand reviews on Steam. Um, yeah, I would. I would definitely recommend this game. It, it was very fun, and I'm ex- I really want to see where the story goes uh, because it, it it really drew me in. Um, yeah, you want to talk about your last game, and then I'll wrap up with uh, some final stuff. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, my final game. Surprise, surprise is Persona Five. <laughs> what Persona Train? What and. Uh, yeah, man. So this game came out in 2016. Um, it's one of the few games that I went to the midnight release for uh, during that time. And uh, I literally just could not get into this game on on a console on the TV. I don't know what it was. A, it made me ridiculously motion sick. I don't know why. It It's not a game that should make me motion sick. The FPS? I don't know what it is. Dude, I have no idea what it is. Because uh, it didn't happen this time on the Steam Deck. So I'm playing Persona 5 Royal, which is the re-release, has some new characters, new story uh, moments, a whole new semester to play through. And, uh, dude, I'm loving it. Like, this is this is like the pinnacle of what I think Persona can do. And it's, it, I mean, there was a big gap between Persona 4 and Persona 5. Uh, you know, like eight-something years, I think. So uh, it's just... Uh, it's it's like putting all the best parts of the other Persona games along with the original Shin Megami Tensei series, which is what Persona is a spinoff of, uh, and pushing it into this super stylized, over-the-top, super fun-to-play uh, version of Persona. And I've been loving every minute of it. I, I, literally, I can't put it down. Uh, it's the first Persona game to take place in a real-world location in Tokyo. And uh, it's just so cool, dude. It just feels, it's very, it's, the graphics in it are cell shaded. So it's just got a really charming look to it. It's got the hecticness of Tokyo going on. Um, Music is freaking amazing. It's got like an acid jazz soundtrack. It's freaking incredible. (laughs) And uh, some of the bigger things that they changed in this uh, combat wise, it's just the combat is significantly quicker. Like it is turn-based, but it almost doesn't feel turn-based because of how quick the combat is. Uh, the baton pass, which allows you to baton, but pass the baton to a different uh, <laughs> character. <laughs> um, because the way that the, all these persona games are is each one of your characters has a specific attack and each one of the people that you're fighting has a weakness to one of the attacks. So having the ability to not have to go in order through your party is really a game changer. And it's cool that it allows you to power up every time you pass the baton as well. So your stamina goes up, your attack goes up, 
sometime if you level up further your sp which is your magic points go up every time you pass it mm-hmm. and uh the cool thing about this is persona 4 kind of did this originally where it wasn't like tartarus and three where it was just the same shit over and over that you were fighting in the same locations with different colors persona 4 had set dungeons that you would go through uh maybe five six of them this this is the same way, but these these dungeons are over the freaking top, dude. And they're called palaces in this game. And the 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 way that the story is built is you're a you're a kid that lived in a in a smaller town and you got in some trouble, so you moved to Tokyo and you're taking under uh, a guardian takes you in. So you're like the troubled kid that nobody really wants to talk to because you committed a crime and nobody really wants anything to do with you. And uh, it's cool because I, I, I had talked to Mike, like I know that he doesn't, he's not drawn to the high school stuff. And it, in Persona 5, the high school stuff is at bare minimum. And it's cool because like in the original three and four, those games, you could like join sports clubs, you can get elected to student council, you can go to art clubs, you can go to drama clubs, all kinds of stuff that have their own side stories. There's really none of that in this. And it's cool because nobody even wants to be in the scene. They don't even want to be around you because you're a criminal. Like they don't trust you. <laughs> and uh, it starts off with a really freaking dark story, dude. Like it, it, it starts off with a really twisted uh, story and nice. it's hands down the, the best story out of the persona games that I've personally played so far. And I'm not even finished with it. And uh, when huh. I played persona five originally in 2016, I got probably 90% of the way. I think I had like one dungeon left. And then when Royal released, I picked it back up and played four dungeons and then just fell off of it again. And I think it's so crucial for a game that's upwards of 20 hours that you have it on to, on a handheld. I think that's what that's why I couldn't get into it, because like you need that, like, I'm going to play it five minutes while I'm taking a shit. I'm going to play 10 <laughs> minutes before I fall asleep, I'm, you know, so it's it's such a huge draw to me for that's the best those. part of the switch. Man. Right, that's right. Like. And this game is is really really prime for the those quick five minute pickups. Like I'm gonna go hang out with this dude, see what he's about, yeah. and we'll be done for the night. So it's only like twenty plus hours. Hundred 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 twenty. Missed yeah. that first digit. Yeah, you there. missed that big. Yeah, you missed <laughs> that big part. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm like um, I think Would I'm on do? the f- the fifth palace out of eight or nine, and I'm seventy hours of the way into the game. So I've okay. got quite a ways to go. So how does the gameplay work exactly? Because you keep saying dungeon. Is it yeah. like, do you walk around and go into these palaces? Or is it like you have like dialogue and stuff and then you're like in a palace? Yeah. Does so that the, make any sense? The way, yeah, said? the way that it's, the way that it is set up is, let me, let me tell the story of it a little bit first. So you, you eventually unlock the ability to use a persona, which is basically an adult Pokemon for, for all intents and purposes. <laughs> Um, and there's some really, really cool and odd designs of the personas in this game. Like there's a demon sitting on a toilet is one of the personas. Like it's just wacky ass shit. But the you you come together with a group of guys to try to uh, change the heart of a teacher who is sexually abusing students. And that's the darkness that I was talking about in the beginning. And. You, you form a group called the Phantom Thieves and you go into this metaverse and 
into these palaces where you can it's literally like the video game version of inception that's exactly what it is you're going into people's minds to change their hearts Hmm. and the the way that the dungeons are set up is just over the top like there's a bunch of puzzles really good puzzles um this is the first one that adds in a stealth element in the dungeons as well so you can stealth around because you're a thief obviously and uh the basic loop of persona is you have your life sim stuff and then your turn-based action fighting stuff Hmm. majority of the game you are so five and five royal are different yeah they're different but they're the five royal just adds stuff to the original game it's the same game there's just a new semester some new characters a new dungeon um some slight gameplay tweaks but outside of that it's basically new new locations in Tokyo to explore. But the basic loop is you go to school, you do your social stuff, and then at night you go into these palaces trying to change these people's hearts. And you get a different one every story beat. So you start off with the the, the high school student or the high school teacher, and that's your your kind of intro into the combat. And then it gets to progressively worse and worse people as you go through the different palaces. Um, and it's got like a... I don't know, dude. It's just an addicting loop. Like, I don't know how else to say it. Sounds super interesting. Yeah. Like, I feel like this would be the one for me to play. Yeah. Well, without question. Yeah. Without question. And um, there's a, you know, the, I know that the high school stuff is the turnoff for you. There's just not that much in this game with the high school, dude. You have like, you you go to school every day, but there's nothing to do in the school. And I think it's kind of weird that, they took that out of here, but it makes sense thematically with your character. Nobody wants you to join any of the clubs because you're a shit bag and you, you, <laughs> you did a crime. Now you find out that the crime that you committed is there's more to the story, obviously. Right. right? So uh, yeah, the loop is go to school, hang out with your buddies as you level with your, but like each um, social link in this game, they're called confidants in past games. You could level them up, but it just gave you the ability to, get higher level personas when you would fuse personas in this game as you're leveling up these characters you're getting a bunch of different abilities you're getting increased to stats you're getting all kinds of stuff so um you have basically a deadline for each of the palaces so you'll find a target you'll be like okay we're gonna change this dude's heart we have 20 days to do it and the way that i play the game i you really want to focus mostly on the the social aspect stuff because that's where you get a lot of the more powerful abilities, uh, more powerful persona. So I try to limit going into the palace to one day and just knock the entire palace out in one day. And some of these palaces are like a couple hours long. But if you're able to do that, you can leave the rest of your it's it's a time management thing. Is know? it like real time one day? What do you mean? Like you say you leave it like you say you leave the palace for one day of your 20 allotted days, but yeah. they take a couple hours. Like how long does a day in the game? Yeah. So it's, it's depend. I mean, it's entirely dependent on you. There are certain things that move the day forward. Mm-hmm. So you get done with school, you have the ability to do a bunch of stuff. You can, there, there's all kinds of shit in this game, dude. You can go level up social stats. You can hang out with confidants. You can go into, um, 
it's it's basically like Tartarus in this game, and that's your area to kind of like grind if you feel the need to grind. There's really no need to grind in this game, but it's there if you want it. Um, but if you hang out with a confidant, that moves it to the evening. So you start in the day after school. If you hang out with a confidant, you get that story segment. And then at the end of that, it's evening. And then you can choose how to spend your evening. Same thing. There's confidants at night or whatever. If you go into a palace that wipes anything out for the rest of the day. So you can't hang out with people when you get back. You can't do anything for that day. So that's why it's really important to kind of try to only do it on one day because you're locking yourself out of all the other stuff that you could be doing to level your character and your party up. I see. That sounds really so cool. It's, yeah, it's specific moments that that propel the day forward. It's not like a set time. Like you mm-hmm. could you could literally spend two weeks exploring the world on a single day in the game, as long I as see. you don't do anything to propel right, right. it forward. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, update: I just I I just bought Ori in the Blind Forest Definitive Edition on Steam for five bucks. So nice. You should do the same and play it on your I really Steam should. Deck. I really should. Um. That's awesome. Yeah, this uh again, like I don't I don't know if the high school stuff would really like be a bummer for me. I think it's literally just my experience with Ray being super over the top about wanting to be a Japanese high schooler. Yeah. Um yeah. that like made me have disdain towards this game. I gotta be honest with you though. A this game probably wasn't even out yet when that was all happening. Right. And I think I, three was like three, three and four, yeah, or four. Which one is golden? Golden is four, yeah. Okay, then it must have been that that was just coming out. Yeah, I I, I assure you that <laughs> I assure you, if you play this game, you're gonna you're gonna wish that at some point in your life you could have been a high school student in Japan <laughs> because they just make <laughs> it seem so freaking badass, dude. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, all right, so let's uh let's do wrap up our last two answers of boys and then i have uh one game that left to talk about well technically two uh and then maybe we could talk about some games that we want to play in the future um but yeah so answer the boys ugly kid joe cross he says um yeah that ugly kid joe cross sure likes being on the podcast uh because that was when i in reference to the last what's playing we've had was when he was on the podcast all the way back in episode, what I say 89 or something. Um, anyways, he says, I've been playing overwatch two. Awesome. Call of duty, modern warfare two decent, as well as the new Marvel snap on mobile. Amazing. Uh, also practicing up for a flesh and, bro- and blood pro quest in January. That was a tongue twister. Uh, so I can potentially make the pro tour, which would be sweet. That would be, very sweet. Um, so you practice up, sir. Quit streaming Overwatch. Quit streaming Call of Duty. Uh, practice. I want to know a professional trading card player. <laughs> that would be so cool. It would be. Um, but yeah, so uh, that leads us to our second answer, the boys. Uh, which, by the way, um, I can't. I, I just can't do the shooters anymore. Like. Overwatch either, is interesting ish, you know, because it's kind of like a MOBA shooter. Yeah. And that's only just in the fact that your character has abilities and an ultimate. But um, 
call I just can't do the Call of Duties or the Battlefields, the straight up Twitch FPS like fat yeah. hyper fast reflexes. Like I just can't do that anymore. No, yeah, I'm the same way. Joe and I used to play a lot of Call of Duty together. Um and it just fell off of it. Like it just got boring. Yeah. I do I will say that I play majority of the campaigns of the Call of Duty games. Mm. Uh but that's about it. I, I rarely play multiplayer. Yeah. Uh and then of course Marvel Snap is a card game with a unique twist i think uh in the marvel universe which is cool i don't know if you've seen the the commercials with nick fury mm-hmm. uh, but i've seen it about a thousand times and i'm sick of seeing it yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh dad the cap he says i've started playing warframe recently on pc uh very cool game and thought about trying marvel snap on mobile well hey sir um wouldn't you know joe thinks marvel snaps pretty amazing so you should uh reinstall it and put it right back on your phone and give it another try um and nobody can see but he's laughing in the background <laughs> um, <laughs> uh and that wraps up our answer the boys so thank you guys so much we always like it when you guys uh chime in and uh tell us you know what you've been playing what you've been watching and all that stuff we always love your input and we love talking about it so thank you um so the last second to last i keep saying last but it's not really second to last game is a game that's kind of on pause because uh i had to return it to the library (laughs) it seems to be a common theme for you (laughs) guys pro tip if you're gaming on a budget check your local libraries uh they will most likely have a game section of the various consoles. Our local library here that Chad and I frequent has an Xbox section full of Xbox One games, a PS5 and PS4 section, and a pretty generous Nintendo Switch section. Um, So I like to go. Well, we take our kids to the library. My oldest loves reading, so we go there. Uh, In the colder months, not so much in the summer, but in the colder months, like every two weeks just about. Yeah. Um, so I'm always looking at the the catalog of Switch games. Um, I picked up Octopath Traveler again for like the second time. Um, I tried this originally. My first experience with Octopath was on Game Pass on PC. Thought it was cool. Played it for like 30 minutes, but then never played it again. Um, not because of the game, but I think because of how I was playing it. I think it's a perfect handheld game. Right. Um, Borrowed it from the library the first time. Played through it a little bit again, but then kind of like lost interest. Borrowed it a second time, started a new game, and fell in love with it and played a lot. Um, I didn't beat it, obviously, because it's kind of a long game. Uh, but I totally plan on going back, picking it up, maybe buying it if if it's cheap enough. Um, but I don't know if this is a game that I'd probably replay again. Uh, but... Yeah, I, I've I've really enjoyed it. Uh, you know, we love Triangle Strategy. Same, right. Same team. Yeah. Uh, 2018 RPG here from Square Enix. Um, the the gameplay loop, you you pick a main character, a main character uh, to start with, but eventually you end up recruiting the seven other characters. So Octopath, eight. You got eight travelers here to play with, um, but you end up recruiting the other seven characters along the way and can interchange them, 
and follow their individual story. Each character has their own story that you're going to follow. I think they're each four chapters long, so that's 32 chapters from my, if my math checks out there. Um, but it's a it's another party game, so you can have three, I think. No, you can have four people in your party, uh, but you can only follow one story at a time. So gotcha. Um, and you can interchange as you get to like you can go to a city where like your map will tell you what town uh progresses what character and when you get to that town you can change you can go to the end and be like i want to focus on this story or whatever um this game like i think when it came out had a lot of hype around it but then for some reason like all the all all of the um opinions i've seen about it in various discord servers i'm in um People say the story just kind of didn't do anything for them. Yeah. They loved the concept, but didn't like the story. Yeah. Um, In my time playing it, I think I've completed or have started chapter two for each character. And so far, like, I mean, I don't think any of the stories are bad. They're all unique. Uh, they all follow the different classes of the character. Each character, of course, is a different class. Then we have the like job system where you can find and add secondary classes to characters as you find that training or blessing in the world, which is pretty cool. Um, but this is another turn-based game. This one's very Final Fantasy-like. Uh, yeah. You were... You were downplaying uh random encounters this game has a lot of them yeah um graphically it's that 2d hd i love it it's absolutely gorgeous like my favorite graphic style i think um especially for these type of games it's a turn-based uh not tactical like triangle strategy but uh you know just like a an old final fantasy game um but yeah, again, the music's really good in this one too. Uh, the the theme song slaps like it gets stuck in my head so easy. The battle music gets stuck in my head so easily. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the I thought the the characters were all kind of, I mean the the classes obviously, uh, it's hard to have un- unique classes. So you see like a hunter, a, a scholar, which is your mage, and you have like your cleric, which is just a priest healer support and you know your warrior but i think the characters themselves are pretty unique and their stories are all pretty interesting obviously there are going to be some stories that you know shine more than others but out of the eight stories that i've played and the portions that i have played while playing those stories i've been engaged in them and like wanting to progress them even with characters that I wouldn't normally like want on my dream team of party, you know, um, for example, there's one that's a dancer. Yeah. Uh, I guess you could say it's like a, a rogue type character, not the, the most fun play style, but like her story was really cool. Yeah. And yeah. I really liked playing her story. I had to play as her, you know, in my party which you know wasn't a huge fan of but it's not it didn't hurt anything because i I mean you're gonna have to play as the character to progress their story that would be dumb if you didn't right Um, but 
yeah, I, I really enjoy this game. And, um, you know, they just announced a, a set, a sequel Octopath Traveler two. Yeah. February. Yeah. I don't know. And it's got a samurai story in it, I think. So that might be the one that, that hooks me. Yes. Uh, obviously it's going to be different characters, different time, all that stuff. Um, same concept though. Uh, and man, I just, I love, I mean, obviously I loved triangle strategy. There are two different games, two different styles, but like, right. this is another great, great game. Like I, I really like it and I really am looking forward to getting back in there and finishing it. Um, yeah. So if you haven't played this game, please check it out. It's awesome. Um, but yeah, can't can't rate. They, they, they just these guys are just pumping out like they just they put out that live alive game, yeah. which I haven't really played. I, I started with the demo, but didn't get very far. Uh, but it's similar look, a similar thing of playing different stories like in the same game and different time eras and all that stuff, which is interesting. I'm still waiting for a, a I don't know octagon strategy or yeah it's sequel yeah i i'm sure we're gonna get a sequel to that game comes after triangle i guess square yeah. strategy square strategy yeah <laughs> numerically um but yeah i don't know i just I, I love that um my last my true last game might be a surprise to you i threw this in as a surprise um i actually don't know if it'll be a surprise to you but um <laughs> i am currently my off-stream PC game right now is Bioshock Remastered. Oh, nice. Um, nice. And this is because of Jinji. Yeah. <laughs> 100% because yeah, of his video, is great his on, video yeah. on the Bioshock series. I was like, I, I got the, the series for like, I don't know, three or four bucks on Steam at some point. And then at another point, somehow got the remastered versions. Or maybe they were all in the same bundle. I don't know. I don't know why they would all be in the same bundle. That'd be really weird. Yeah. With the remasters and the originals. Right. Somehow I have the remastered versions of 1 and 2, the originals of 1 and 2, and then I forget what 3 was called. Yeah, Infinite. or Yeah, Infinite. Infinite. Uh, I tried playing Bioshock. I don't remember when, maybe it was in the last year, year and a half or so. And just couldn't, I just could not get into it at all. Um, watched Jinji's video. Thought the story was so crazy <laughs> and super interesting. And I was like, all right, I have these on the computer. Um, I just beat control. So like, uh, I don't want to start the next stream game yet. Uh, so let's, let's try Bioshock. Turned it on and I am having a blast. Like it's fun. It's very fun. And like the story is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and I love it. Um, I just beat like the the first boss of the first level. So I'm not like super far in. Um, but yeah, I'm just having a blast with it. Do you ever play the Bioshock games? Yeah, so no, I haven't. Um oh, that's it's surprising. Yeah, for whatever reason, it's Mass Effect. Well, up until the Legendary Edition, it was Mass Effect, Dead Space, and Bioshock that I never played. The glaring misses, because I know a lot of people love Bioshock. Uh, and I know a lot of people like Dead Space and, and Mass Effect as well. But I do need to play, because I've seen Bioshock on, on a lot of YouTubers' like top five games of all time. 
Um, so yeah, I definitely need to get around to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would recommend it. Uh, especially if you can get the remastered for cheap, which I'm yeah. sure you can. Um, oh, I'm sure. Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. Do you know, like the, the gist of the story? Right. Not, yeah. You're like an uh, underwater something, right? Yeah. You're like, uh, you're on a plane and you crash in the ocean. Uh, but you crash right by a lighthouse. So you swim to the lighthouse and then you go inside the lighthouse and it's the entrance to an underground uh, civilization called Rapture. And you go down and it's just like, yeah, all crazy. Um, Yeah, five bucks on Steam. Nice. Yeah, I wonder, Dad, quick check. Is that the remastered or just the original versions? Um yeah the the environment the world is like so crazy just seeing like an entire underwater city and then yeah. you're like walking around in these tubes and you can like see that you're on the bottom of the ocean and like it's like leaking there's like water coming in and some of the tubes break as you're walking through which just is almost paralyzing because it's like one of my worst fears. worst fears like, yeah <laughs> like Anytime, okay, so we go to the Outer Banks every year. That's like our family vacation. I hate driving across bridges. Yeah, because uh, you're scared. <laughs> yeah. My number one fear is somehow driving off or the bridge collapsing and then <laughs> sinking to the bottom, to like the bottom in the yeah. car, right? <laughs> or like <clears throat> not being able to see the shore. Like that's one of the things that helps me when we're driving over the bridge to get to the other banks, I'm like, all right, whatever. If we, if we go into the water, like I can at least see the shore. Right. So like <laughs> I definitely wouldn't make it there. Yeah. But mentally, you I can know it's see there. it. So yeah. like there's hope, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like being out in the middle of the ocean is my worst fear. Right. Being in an underwater city on the ocean floor out in the middle of the ocean while like it's collapsing is <laughs> almost trauma inducing to me, <laughs> <laughs> let alone all the other stuff that's happening in the game. Like uh, right. in the image behind us, you have the big daddy, which is like just now. I mean, I've known the like cultural things of Bioshock since it's been out, but like, knowing what the big daddy is prior to playing and knowing to what the big daddy is after playing, it's like a whole different thing. Like, Oh yeah. I bet. <laughs> you hear or see one of those bad boys while you're running through the, the, you know, rapture. Yeah. Like, you're that's bad... another level of fear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're in for um, a bad time. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, update. Uh, it's the remastered version. You can buy. Wow. The collection has, one and two remastered, Minerva's Den, which is a DLC remastered, Infinite, and then Infinite Columbia's Finest, which I'm assuming is uh, Infinite DLC for twelve dollars. Yeah, that's a steal, dude. That. I, I I wonder again. It, it's slowly becoming my go-to console. Might be fun to play on the Steam Deck. Do it, dude. And yeah. well, the thing is, you just you can't beat the prices you get on right. Steam, right? Yeah. And like other PC sale avenues that yeah. you can't necessarily take advantage of on uh, consoles. 
Uh, but yeah, that's my surprise video. But it's it's again, it's all because of that Gingy channel. Like it's in the description, so go check it out. Um, here are along with God of War, two other series. I mean, Sekiro, you made me want to play. Yes, but I then today I watched Gingy's video explaining the lore and story of Sekiro. So and good, just yeah. Put it over the top. Yeah, dude. Um, yeah. And then I've also watched his Dark Souls videos. I've played some of one and some of two back on whatever PlayStation was out at the time. Uh, I'd like to probably revisit them at some point, but it's not one I'm like, I have on this list. But one that I do have is Bloodborne. And that story video by him was another amazing. Uh, I mean, I just can't. I want to talk to this guy. I want to have yeah. him on the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but yeah. And have you played Bloodborne? Uh, yeah, I played a little bit of Bloodborne. I didn't beat it. I, like I said before, the Sekiro is the pinnacle of that kind of game for me. It's not Dark Souls. I don't like Dark Souls combat. Mm-hmm. Bloodborne is a little different from Dark Souls, but it feels very Dark Souls. It doesn't feel anything yeah. like Sekiro. So there's rumors that the, that they're remaking it. So I probably just wait at this point because All right, there's nothing really drawing it. I won't say anything it. about the story that is is what makes me want to play it then. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those two. Uh, and then I have one that's not out and it's still in development and it's like like super early development. So it may, it may never come to fruition. But uh, this game that I've been seeing float around called Blight Survival, which is basically a medieval zombie game. Oh, interesting. Uh, that has co-op, which automatically makes you totally disregard it yeah um (laughs) but it is basically like more i saw that you're familiar with mordhau it's mordhau plus like dark souls plus like the last of us yeah i saw this all mashed up into one uh it's a an action survival roguelite elements um the little teaser demo video that they put together to to show off to try to secure funding looks really good uh but it's in like pre pre alpha so you're right yeah (laughs) it's literally just like a a a teaser video you should totally you know what you should do you should totally stealth beat sekiro and then talk shit about Nick, how he didn't beat it. Cause he made a deal with me that he would beat it. And he has my copy of Sekiro and he has not. He has oh, not. nice. That'd so be hilarious. Just slide yeah. in here one day and be like, by oh, like next, next time he's on. Right. So I got like three weeks. Yeah. Um, just come back. So like, so yeah, I beat this yeah, game. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's called Sekiro. <laughs> <laughs> I had this like really handy guide that, yeah. uh, on showboys gaming youtube channel <laughs> kind of just walked me totally through right um the entire game yeah it's great <laughs> uh but yeah are there any games that are kind of lingering on your like i really want to play this soon yeah yeah it's uh yeah i mentioned it earlier i really want to play cyberpunk um but i do want to play god of war and then ragnarok ragnarok is getting absurdly good reviews and uh, I'd never finished God of War. I had a pretty similar experience as Bio, where I was just like there was a lot of really good shit in it. It just wasn't drawing me in for whatever mm, reason. Interesting. Um, so 
I do need to get back to it because it, it is like a game that I should, in theory, like. But then yeah. I really want to play. I'm, I'm, I know that Mr. Robot is waiting in the wings here. So I want to play Watch, Watch Dogs Legion, uh, which I never played. Dude. So. Um, so looking at my. Wait, Watch Dogs is Ubisoft, so it wouldn't be in Steam. I have one and two, I think. Yeah. So whenever Mr. Robot Throwback Thursdays happen, might be rolling I might into have those. to join you. Yeah. Play some watchdogs. Yeah. I uh I really liked the first one. It it was not anything remotely close to what they showed at E3. So it was a big <laughs> letdown as far as that. And it honestly it became a poker simulator for me because it's it's got a really good poker mini game in it. Um <laughs> So that's primarily majority of my time in Watch Dogs was playing poker. Nice. And uh, Watch Dogs 2 is really cool. But Legion just has the really cool where you can play as any NPC. You can recruit any NPC and you can play as them, which I just think is a cool concept. That so, is... yeah, it's almost certainly going to be my game when we start Mr. Robot. Nice. Um, yeah, I haven't played any of them. And I'm interested to play them as I revisit Mr. Robot just to see, like, if there's any similarities, you know? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, I don't have anything else on my list. We've gone through the answer of the boys. Uh, do you have anything else in particular that is just burning? No, nothing. No. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I think that'll probably do it tonight then. Uh, so thank you guys for hanging out. Thanks dad for running the show behind the scenes. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, we do not have oh my gosh my computer's like freaking out and being like hey permission 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 <laughs> um yeah so we have the chosen companion series currently running right now those episodes release on tuesdays if you like the audio versions and on wednesdays pre-recorded video will release on our youtube channel uh so go check those out um join our discord check out our patreon subscribe here to showboys podcast and showboys gaming um like i said earlier just finish up my stream of control those videos have landed and will be continuing to land on showboys gaming under the control playlist um and this weekend i'm hoping to begin our new game we're streaming which is going to be lost in random uh as the poll stream poll winner from like three months ago <laughs> before I got distracted by control. Yeah. Uh, we're finally getting there. We're going to play lost and random. Uh, it should be fun. Um, we have dungeons and dragons coming on Sunday, the 13th here. Um, and if you're listening to this in the future, uh, if you miss the stream, it will be on Showboys gaming at some point. So go check it out. That's been a lot of fun. The story's really picking up. Uh, we left off on quite the cliffhanger last time and we could all die in the session uh, from the way uh, the room that awaits us was described. I don't know <laughs> if we're going to make it out. Um, with that being said, we have uh, campaign recaps have been published on the website and we are current. So if you, um, one, you should go watch the videos. But if you're just like sitting on the edge of your seat, and like, I need to know right now in less than 16 hours, you can go, 
you can go read the recaps on our website. And tomorrow we have a new fresh piece of, of lore uh, coming out about a certain scepter that um, maybe somebody in our party has looted. So uh, really cool backstory. Go check that out. Um, all written by Ugly Kid Joe Cross himself. Um, with that being said, next week I will be joined by Peace Love Ames and Jared from Play Along Podcast to get hyped about Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, which come out on the 18th. So we're doing a night before. Let's get excited. Uh, so you're going to want to turn into that. And then we the next Thursday is Thanksgiving, so obviously we're not going to have a podcast there. So, um, yeah. We'll see you guys later. put thursday night football on and the panthers uniforms are so sick right now what are they all black ones all black with like yeah, that that oh just perfect blue yeah dude. Uh, yeah they're dude. really cool they're in madden so fire <laughs> yeah fire <laughs>